<laughs> you can't beat the classics. What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode three of the You Can't Beat the Classics podcast. So you've been with us for three weeks now. One thing I've been thinking as I've been going through these through these episodes for the podcast, I've been trying to get like closer to like the present day. But even with this one, surprisingly, this movie's 13 years old. The one that we're talking about now. Um let me introduce who I got here with me really quick. Uh, we got some special guests here with us. So I got uh, I got my buddy George, and we also have Mike here as well, both from the uh, Insomniac Station, um, their channel on YouTube. You can follow and subscribe them. They kind of do the same thing we do, you know, just a couple guys just talking about movies. So George and Mike, what's going on, guys? Hey, thanks for having us, man. This will be so much fun. Excited to be here. Yeah, <laughs> we got a good movie to talk about here. Uh, George, you can also follow his chan- uh, Twitch channel too, Bison Madness. There'll be a bunch of links in the description uh, if you're watching on YouTube here. But yeah, guys, thanks for joining today. Uh, today, one we're going to be talking about. This is the one movie I think that really helped me. Well, I mean, not really helped me, but like I think it really like pushed me towards like action films a lot more like because of this movie. So what we're going to be talking about today is 2008's Taken. I love this movie. I don't know about you guys, but <laughs> this, movie, this movie's a... Oh, man. Th- this movie, so I have to admit, this was my first time seeing it. So going into it, what? I hadn't seen <laughs> well, I any I of the Takens. That. Yeah, so that's why when you said Taken, I'm like, dude, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so th- my like genuine reaction out of the gate was like, I have no idea what this movie's about, but I've seen that one little monologue spoofed a million times. Yeah. So I, I was amped up. And then when I was done, I, I think, John, you were in the chat. I, I ran over to my phone, grabbed it, and told our like you know movie group guys, I was like, Taken, great. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm 13 years too late, but Taken was great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I watched the, um, the trailer for this movie, and I was like, eh. I'll go to the movies and watch it for something to do. And then when you walked out of the movie theaters, it was just like, that was so much better than I expected it would be. Yeah. You know, when it was promoted back in 2008, I was like, you know what? I was like, eh, it looks like, it looks like it'd be decent, I guess. But that, I think that monologue um, is what they really pushed for the movie. Um, and that's what sold it. I think that's what sold everybody on seeing the movie was definitely that monologue. Um, yeah, just a great action movie. It, this is the one that this is the movie that kicked it off really for Liam Neeson as like an action guy, as like an older, like a middle aged, older, but not too old action guy, right? So, like, he's aging, you can tell because, like, in the movie, they set it up for him to like to be an older gentleman, but like, he's still not too old where he can't kick your ass, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you see, I mean, pretty much. Pretty much every movie he's in now is just like it's just seen as taken, but like something different. Yeah. I was gonna say like all the movies he's coming out with now, like what was it, Cold Pursuit, and then there was uh, the 
some other like older gentlemanly movie and even the yeah. a-team where he's like this badass older guy like he's just raking in money off this 2008 singular film just yeah. raking well, I mean, in money he did throw in a million ways to die in the west so. <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> which he was the badass bad guy in that movie too yeah <laughs> Yeah, this movie really. I mean, this movie got ended up getting two sequels from a movie that nobody thought would like really like get popular. I mean, you yeah. call it two sequels. I call it two letdowns. Yeah, you could you could call it that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't I haven't heard too many positive things about the sequel. Yeah, uh, but this yeah this first one though really really one of my favorite action movies. Uh, before we get into it here, one thing I like to do is um, every episode, I like to watch the trailer um, for the movie. So I'll put that on here and then uh, we can get our real time reaction to that. Happy birthday. Dad, guess what? You know my friend Amanda? <laughs> Her cousins asked us to spend vacation with them in Paris. I really, really want to go. Fucking disposable camera. <laughs> Hi, Daddy. You were supposed to call me when you land. There's someone here. What? Oh my god, they got Amanda! They're coming. All right, listen to me. Go to the oh. next bed. Under the bed. Tell me when you're there. Now, the next part is very important. They are going to take you. They're going to take you. <laughs> I love it. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. So badass. If you're looking for a ransom, I can tell you I don't have money. <laughs> what you have are a very particular set of skills. Skills I've oh, acquired over a very long career. Mm -hmm. That make me a nightmare for people like you. If you let my daughter go now, that'll be the end of it. You have a 96 hour to what? To never finding her. Speaking of the A-team. Don't. I will look for you. Where is she? I will find you. I will kill you. Good luck. <laughs> yes, oh I mean, like, God. going into that movie, though, like, what does this trailer give you that you're like, man, this movie's going to be badass, other than the fact that it's just a sick-ass monologue, and you're like, wow, like, this is, there's so much mystery behind this. I mean, when I see it, I, I'm like, now I've seen the movie, right? Yeah. But but after, like, not to, like, skip ahead or anything, there's 0% reason why Famke Jensen got a credit in this movie. Like, a, a leading credit. <laughs> Zero reason. <laughs> she was easily the most useless character in the entire movie for her name. For her name. Dude, I, but feel like, like, I feel like the movie is just like her and Liam Neeson just roasting each other the entire movie. <laughs> it's yeah. just, I mean, they're, they're ex, ex wife and ex husband. So, I mean, I guess that's a given. But yeah. That's pretty much what she's what she does. Yeah, like I, I mean, I guess was she coming off one of the X Men movies? She had to have been coming off an X Men yeah, movie. Yeah, sure. so yeah. So it was like, okay, maybe she's a big star, but how much do you think they paid for her to be in like two minutes of screen time, <laughs> and maybe like thirty seconds of talking? And like you said, everything that came out of her mouth was so sour. Yeah, 
Um, I mean, like, I'll touch on that more. I have like some really big thoughts about that, like at the very beginning of the movie, like when we start going to British of the movie. But yeah, I, just a, literally a waste of character. That could have character could have been like literally anyone. That was just like, oh, you're such a dad, bad dad. Uh, let her do what she wants to do. Uh. It could have literally been anyone, yeah. but they chose her. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, so like right at the beginning of the movie, we were seeing, you know, like how he has this relationship. You know, Brian has this relationship with his daughter. Um, I've never seen somebody so indecisive about buying a karaoke machine. <laughs> I thought that was super <laughs> weird too, man. Like. And then when you find out it's because she wants to be a singer and he, dude, yeah. she's 17 years old. What the fuck is she going to do? She's a billionaire too, apparently. You're going to get her yeah. a karaoke machine? <laughs> Just buy her singing lessons, my guy. It's, it's, it's also funny. It's like one of those things he's like, I've done a lot of research on this. I've done a lot of research on this $70 karaoke machine. I've, I have a particular yeah, like set the, of skills about researching karaoke machines. Yeah, I'm <laughs> the, the shop owner is just like, oh, you know where it is. You want to see it again? <laughs> that, that's the <laughs> greatest opening observation I think I've ever heard about a film ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's finally, he's just like, all right, yeah, I'll take it. And like, he's, fold, he's folding it up. He's folding up the present and he shows up to the party. And yeah, they definitely has a rich family now. Showing yeah. up at that house, um, yeah, like well, that right off the bat, this is where you see like Lenore like start to be like the start to say how she feels about Brian, like right from right from when he gets to that party. Yeah, yeah, she didn't really hold back like at all. Like, ah, uh, maybe you shouldn't come see your daughter on her birthday. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? And he he was he even was like, I don't even want to stay. I just want to give her the gift. Like that's. <laughs> He's That's like she was up. like push she was like pushing him out of there, like oh yeah the presents are over here put it, just put it down. Yeah. Also like a pony at seventeen like where were uh, <laughs> yeah there's rich people bro that? rich people. I mean you also you also look at it too so like he knows what he's walking into right like he's very aware that he's walking into this like really pompous party, and he and he shows up with like a sub hundred dollar karaoke machine you know like maybe that's the reason why it took him so many times to go back to that shop maybe he's like if i like i have this disconnect with my daughter i know she wants to be a singer but like is this the gift that she's gonna remember me for on this birthday probably not no like she like as soon as that horse shows up that karaoke <laughs> machine is like a distant Trampled. memory yeah dude she <laughs> she kind of did like act like and i had that kind of noted too was that she kind of acted like a nine-year-old who knew she could get whatever she wanted. Like, she played him... I couldn't tell if she really, like, loved him in the beginning of the movie or if she was just like, oh, it's that guy that I have to be nice to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was kind of it was kind of a cool concept to not know if she actually loved him or not. And then, I mean, not to cut too far ahead, when they go out for lunch or whatever and get the sundae... Uh, that whole thing right before the trip, it's like, man, I don't know about this girl. I, yeah. I don't know. Yep. Mm. No, yeah, I agree. But, yeah, I mean, but you find out the reasons why um, why Brian is where he is. He, he, like, gave up his life as this, like, special forces guy um, just to be closer to Kim. Um, and, I mean... 
and the guys that he's working with are kind of pushing him like, hey, you know, just just do this gig here. It's just it's just taking a pop singer uh, like to and from a place. That's it. And he's like kind of hesitant. He's like, do I really want to be doing this again? I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I didn't quite understand too. like. So. He's got to work, right? Like, I, I did. I, I agree with your hesitation. Like, why was he so hesitant? Even to just take like a small gig like that, that literally was just a transport gig. Like, don't you have to still make money? You, you like you said, you know your daughter's a, got a silver spoon now, and you spent fifty to hundred bucks on a karaoke machine <laughs> for her seventeenth birthday. It's not a small birthday. She can drive now. You could have got her a car. Like, dude, you're this badass military, guy, and he's living in a like a studio apartment. Like, yeah. Uh, like why I, he, I guess that that confused me a little bit he has he has many enemies but i, 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 I don't know I'm just, I'm just making that up. i just think it's funny like his boys roll up right and they they're all in like this like chevelle ss like this muscle car and they're all like hey we're here for the boy barbecue and he's just like this is a freaking weird way to set up that he's an ex-military guy you know what i mean <laughs> yeah it, it was it was odd seeing him so hesitant about the job and then the the whole cookout like, you could tell he was kind of a boy, but at the same time, it's like, what are these fucking hardos doing hanging out with Liam Neeson? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, they're just, like, they're just, like, uh, they're pretty much just, like, shooting the shit. Like, oh, yeah, you remember this, what this happened in wh wherever, Alaska or whatever? We killed that no, guy. Do you remember like that? Bogota or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> but, I mean, eventually, but he does accept the job with this singer um you know he's in there in the room with her um <laughs> bad time to be asking about singing tips for your daughter <laughs> like, well do you all right let me ask this do you think the way that that singer responded to him was uncalled for or no she was getting ready to go on stage man he's lucky he even got a response and didn't get replaced i mean he's a hired help <laughs> he's he's supposed to be the fly in the wall right yeah seen not heard i mean it was ballsy i'll give him that but you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take and this motherfucker shot he shot hard <laughs> yeah i mean he tried <laughs> like, every, when i watched that scene too i tried to like replace her with like a justin bieber or like a taylor swift and i was like there's no shot either of them put up with that bullshit no shot yeah yeah, and yeah. there's even less shot they remember after the show that he had asked about his daughter even less shot. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's true. Yeah. All right. So you kind of you could kind of expect that kind of answer from her. Um. But yeah, this is where we start to see like, all right, what did this dude do before he retired? Really, somebody leaves the gate open. You know, running off with the singer. But another one thing with this part, I was like. Why does this maniac want to kill this pop singer? <laughs> I was thinking that. <laughs> like, why does this random guy? Again, I was thinking Justin Bieber or Taylor Swift. I'm like, who the fuck wants to kill these people? Yeah. <laughs> but, like, how grounded and real did it feel? It felt real. Like, if, yeah. if someone was going to kill him, it wasn't like they came jumping down from, like, the banners or whatever or, like, dressed as a ninja. It was a guy. Who, if he just walked up to you, you would have you wouldn't have thought anything. And he had a concealed weapon, and he he shot his shot. Um, 
little did he know Liam Neeson's not the lion from the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. He he's fucking taken mode now. Yeah. Mm. And I thought it like that felt pretty real, right? And then like he, yeah. he immediately gets her out. Like he's not staying around to see who else is there. It's not it's not under siege with Seagal, you know? He, he's just <laughs> trying to get her out. Uh I, I thought that was pretty pretty dope. Like you said, introduce like who he was. He he's he's a he's not just a guy who a broken dad. He's he's a bad dude. Yeah, and I think it, the, also the flip side of this too is like you're talking about a movie here with a twenty-five million dollar budget which is pretty mm-hmm. small uh, comparatively. So when you look at all of the stuff that happened, like I think uh, like a very large part of that budget went towards stuntmen and like physical stunts and all that stuff um, because everything here was physical. There was no CG almost any part of the movie. There was just makeup and physical effects. So they made yeah. everything more grounded. Nothing was unrealistic. So I think that that part really stands out. Yeah. And I love, I love that Brian's like that character, like, when when stuff's going wrong he's like don't mess around like you know he can be like a decent guy you know as a dad you know as a friend and we see that but as soon as something goes south like he does not hesitate and i love how the the camera too i mean maybe i was a little too into it you know but the camera immediately it started at the guy's shoulder and worked down his arm to his knife as if it was like hey here's here's eagle eyes view of liam neeson what he's seeing starting at his shoulder found the weapon and then immediately cuts to him like putting her behind him and everything it was like it was real cool cinematography on how they did all that i i I thought that first engagement was really really good and kept the movie grounded kind of you know you're you're not going into stuntman porn you're going into like somewhat of a grounded movie yeah i will say though on that it's kind of one of my drawbacks of this movie is that it suffers from a lot of the drawbacks that American action movies suffer from is like really close camera shots with really fragmented scenes and very shaky camera. Um, I'm more of a fan of like the Asian style of combat uh, filmography where like they do the one long cut and it's very well choreographed. So they don't just like stop in the middle and cut in another scene where they're swinging and all that stuff. It's like one very long take that's very well choreographed and they could be up to like five, six, seven minutes long. You know, I really like that more. But to your point though, previously, right? Like it's Liam Neeson. He needed a stunt man. You probably had to do those shortcuts to get him in and out of those scenes. Right. But I mean, I'll also add to that as well, because it makes sense in this movie, a lot of the fights happen inside rooms or like very Mm. close quarters. So it makes a lot more sense that the camera would be closer and that's how they kind of did it. But like, not to like you know jump too far ahead but like in the scenes where they're in the street fighting if the same stuff happens you're like there's a lot more room i could have a way better view on this fight you know what i mean yeah yeah i i kind of wonder if that's like maybe just like a european style because like one thing i kind of forget with i mean actually i don't really forget because it's part of the movie but that this is a french movie really so i mean so i mean maybe that's more of that might be a reason why it's kind of shot that way Mm-hmm. Because I can't, I can't think of another like big like French movie. Um, no, I've looked at the director's filmography too. I don't really recognize any of these movies uh, other than he worked on From Paris with Love, mm. and even then, it's like I don't think he, I don't know if he was actually the director for that. Right. So <clears throat> it could just be too. He's just he he didn't do a very good job <laughs> with them. 
Well, I, I think, you know, he worked with what he had, but like, if you compare this movie to, like, another movie that came out at the time, like, the, the Bourne series was, was happening at around the same time as this, too. Mm-hmm. And you, you look at the fight scenes in Bourne, and they're just, they feel like they're more pointed. Like, this is the fight that's going to happen, and this is where it's going to end, where this one is just like, let's shake the camera a whole bunch of times, let's get some flapping going on, and then, you know, the scene's going to be over. Um, well, let me let me ask you this, and I think this is a good question for both of you. If they reshot that today, do you think it's more of a Daredevil style fight when they're indoors, where they, he bounces from room to room? They drag the fight mm. into the hallway, they drag it back into a room, and they keep a still shot. Or do you think that if he had to do it all over again, knowing what he he's seen in the past decade, he keeps it that way? Because it's kind of artistic, but you're right, it is distracting. I mean, it's it's hard to say because at any point they could add CG to it, right, and show him like breaking through walls or, you know, like, but any part of that would increase the budget. So was the effects and, and how these fights occurred, like they break a table, but they never break down a wall during this movie. You know what I mean? So like, does that all play into like how much money they had to work with? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could have fun. Huh? And $25 million in today's money. You know, is that a, <laughs> how many movies are made with 25 million anymore? Well, Iron Man came out a month prior. So <laughs> yeah. I think they I think they would keep it the way it is just because of the fact that Liam Neeson was starring in the movie. And from what I know about Liam Neeson, Liam Neeson did have does have a boxing background, if mm-hmm. I'm right. Um, but one thing that the reason he accepted this movie is was that because he, at first off, he didn't think that the movie would do very well from the start. So he mostly accepted it kind of just like just to get away and just spend some time in Paris. And he was offered to learn karate for free. Yeah. Getting your money's worth there. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe it might have been shot the way it was, too, just because of, like, Liam Neeson hadn't been established that way as far as, like, a film role yet. But, I mean, but that's just a possibility. I mean, if you had $25 million and you had Liam Neeson as your main character, yeah, you're going to keep the camera on him as much as you can. Yeah, definitely. I totally get it. But yeah, I mean, after the, after that whole stuff with the singer, um, this is where he finally has that sit down, you know, that he's been wanting um, with Kim at the restaurant. Um, and, you know, he's kind of disappointed that Lenore shows up. But another reason he's disappointed, too, is that he wanted to spend all this time with his daughter. But now Kim wants to go to Paris. And you can see the look on Brian's face when he's when she says she wants to go and he's like, that is not a good idea. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) it's fair, though, right? Like (laughs) the 17 year old daughter just wants to go to Paris. Like what I like would I let a 17 year old go to Paris. Uh, I don't know. Probably well, not. Well, you got to start in order, right? Would you let the 17 year old go to Paris with people you didn't know? No. And then would you let the 17 year old par- kid go to Paris without any parents? No. And then would you let the 17 year old go to Paris with just her 17 year old friend? Nope. <laughs> there we go. Also, I mean, on top of this, I'm gonna add found this out, too. that's how we found out the information, though. And this poor guy's being guilted by fucking Gene Gray over there about. Hey, you're you're a terrible fucking dad. You're a deadbeat, and it's like, bitch. Like this, yeah. this chick. <laughs> she just got a pony and a karaoke <laughs> machine, and now you're gonna send her on. 
And then the, the kicker was he found out she wasn't even going just to Paris. She was doing a European tour with a 17-year-old alone. Word, bro. Yeah. Word. So, so this whole movie, that whole scene is based on lies, right? Like, Because the mother knows and she's lying right to his face. And he's like ex-Black Ops. Like, he knows what the hell is going on. Yep. He's, he's, you know, he's way more knowledgeable about the whole situation than she is, right? But then this whole movie could have ended at this spot if the freaking stupid-ass rich people hired a freaking car to take them from the airport to the hotel. Right? I didn't even think about that. They're filthy fucking rich, and they're like, oh, just <laughs> grab a cab and then share it with some dude, and now he's going to know that you're there alone. Shows how poor I am. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of, well, one of the things that he had agreed on is, like, Brian was like, I got to take you to the airport. Like, that was one of the things they agreed on. But one of the stupid things that they did was she literally left a map of U2's European tour right out yeah. of her bag. And, like, that's the first thing he sees when he opens the trunk. <sighs> yeah. So that's like, he's like, what is this? And then you're like, oh, shit, they lied. <laughs> but, again, yeah. that speaks more to her, right? And that's where, like, you're like, does she even love him? Does she even like him? Like, yeah. I don't know. You know the answer to that. Well, not until after. Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I mean, I don't know. It's like Lenore, like she makes like small, like very like minor, like good points. It's like, hey, I mean, you gotta let her be a kid, I guess. But still, it's like within reason. You don't just let a girl go off to Paris with her other friend that's the same age and follow this follow a rock band around Europe. I don't care how much money you have. Like it's still like probably not safe. <laughs> yeah, that I don't. I didn't understand any. My parents wouldn't even let me go to Warp Tour in Springfield. <laughs> like I don't understand. She's never gonna see the world. She's seventeen, bro. Yeah, yeah. I mean, would your parents let you go to like New York alone when you were seventeen? Like New York, this girl's gonna go to Paris anyway. This, this pisses me off. <laughs> but, I don't know. Yeah, so these two girls, so Amanda and Kim, they get to Paris, and immediately they're picked up by what they call a spotter. And um, there was actually a really interesting article that I read here where it was like comparing like actual, it was comparing like fact and fiction with like sex trafficking. Um, so from what I read about this is like this part is actually pretty accurate. Like these. Don't ever share cabs. <laughs> exactly well like traffickers know that like young women are more likely to talk to like a young like like decent looking guy and they know how to appeal like to like like these girls like um like like they know how to like appeal to their personalities pretty much so like that part was true like so the way that this dude is like getting information from them and all that but also amanda her friend is so stupid like she's to share a yeah. cab with them and then like oh yeah we're on the f you bring her you bring him to the apartment you're staying at and, and then, then say like, that oh, we're yeah. alone <laughs> oh yeah we're alone on the entire fifth floor that's why you don't let 17 year olds travel alone like yeah. even kim even kim is like what the hell are you doing <laughs> yeah that yeah that whole scene i, I remember watching that and just being like this is the shit they tell you about in Dare. Like it's so obvious. I'm glad you. I'm glad you looked it up a little bit 
because I was I actually thought this was a little unbelievable. I was like, it's so obvious that this maybe it's because I'm watching a movie, but it's so obvious that this dude's trying to like do something to them. Yeah. And just like it, I don't know, it didn't feel real, but it, if you're saying it's more fact than fiction, Jesus, that's wild that it's that obvious. But this this next part, um, this is the part where it's like not accurate. So like the way that they're kidnapped um, is actually that doesn't happen really often. So like these like these people traffickers try to use manipulation more than violence. Like they're they try taking, to lure you out. Yeah, they're taken like violently. Like that doesn't mm -hmm. happen that often. So um, um, so you're saying the monologue is a fake? <laughs> <laughs> but it's still so well done. Though. It's like. Um, those those dudes got there wicked fast. They wasted no time. It was like five minutes after they that, didn't even finish the Peter. song. They they started yeah. a song and they didn't even finish the song before. It, like yeah. they they popped the CD in. By the way, American music right off the rip. Um, yeah, <laughs> they popped that in, and they were immediately taken before the song was even. This girl didn't even have time to go take a pee, and you know they they were taken. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah, I think it's funny also, like, uh, the people who took them got up to their room extremely easily, right? Yeah. For, like, this really swanky hotel, it, it they just appeared to be, like, there very quickly. Yeah, they literally wasted no time. But, like, this whole entire time, Brian's trying to call his daughter, and, like, she's just, she forgot, first off. Mm. Um. But yeah, she get they get her. He gets her on the phone. He realizes, hey, the cousins are not here, so they're the they're just alone in this place in Paris. Um, yeah, and then but this is where I really start to love the movie. Like this is the turning point of the movie. Right, it's a that, slow roll up to this point. It definitely felt like a shitty rom com going going up to this point. I was like. The, the cool part was the singer, right? Because you're like, okay, we're going to get some violence. And then, because, I mean, the trailer alone sells you on the violence. Like, you you, you probably could have started right where we are right now, and it would have been a cool movie. But they, uh, there was, like, really nothing other than I hate you, Dad, for about 30 minutes. <laughs> um. Yeah, this is where I mean, this is where I start to love the movie. And like, he's on the phone with his daughter, and like, this is one that like what I was saying earlier about how like cool his character is. Like, he knows his daughter is about to be kidnapped, yet he's calm and he's collective about it. Like, I feel like the parents' first reaction would be like they'd be flipping out if they were hearing that going on on the phone. But he's like, he's, well, he's like. Yeah, yeah, and he's describing every little thing to her to help getting her back easier. Oh, that, yeah, that was that was cool to see. Like you, you, you got a lot another huge layer of Brian there, right? Like now, now it's like okay, now I know what you do. Now, now I know yep. exactly what you do. Yeah, uh, and then after all this, so right, so he's like, "You're gonna get taken." She gets taken. And then he talks to the dude, and the dude has the audacity. <laughs> the audacity. <laughs> Just be like, good luck. <laughs> yeah, the that... audacity. Dude, if someone was like, doing that, I'd be like, okay, your, your girl's here, but I'm taking the other one still. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, this, this monologue is just, 
amazing. Like, I can't say enough about it because like, and like, because of this warning that he gives to essentially the bad guy of the movie, like you don't feel sorry for the bad guy at all. You know, when he gets, when he finally gets what's coming to him, he gave him the out, just leave the girl, take the other one. No, throughout this entire movie, no one gives a fuck about Amanda. All right. No one at any point has given one singular fuck about Amanda, not even the the friend or what's her name? Kim doesn't even give a shit about Amanda. Amanda's fucked from the very beginning. (laughs) But if you, if you leave Kim, you know, we can all go home happy. I think that is so fucking (laughs) badass. That's one thing. One thing I like to do. I like to play a scene, you know, maybe one scene from a movie too. So really quick. I'm going to play that that famous monologue. I didn't know we were watching porn on here. Okay. (laughs) I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you are looking for ransom, I can tell you I don't have money. But what I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills I've acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. If you let my daughter go now, that'll be the end of it. I will not look for you. I will not pursue you. But if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Good luck. The audacity. The nerve, the nerve of this dude. So, I mean, this is also great, dude, because, like, Liam Neeson has that voice, right? Like, if, if Liam yeah. Neeson did, like, audiobooks, I, all day, I'd listen to him. But the crazy thing is, he's he has an Irish accent, so he's throwing that in favor yeah. of an American accent, and his voice in an American accent is, is still better than, like, half the Americans I know and talk to. <laughs> isn't it like isn't it wild too that that one scene has 1.4 million views that means 1.4 million times people have watched that to get absolutely jacked the fuck up <laughs> like you know you're not watching that before dinner uh, on a sunday with your family you're watching that before like a power lift yeah or, like, you're a not watching run. that when you're putting your kids to bed <laughs> yeah that is that's like i'm that's sending wild. this to anybody i got like beef with Oh my god, bro! Like, yeah, l- legit. That for okay. Realistically, though, till about 2015, how many times did we see the Liam Neeson meme? Like, because it was just that that That's whole. True, yeah. You don't even need to see the movie. I didn't to know like that is a badass monologue. And yep. I, I honestly, I've been thinking about this ever since we decided to do this. It's got to be a top 20 monologue of all time, and he doesn't Absolutely. move a muscle. He just speaks. He doesn't yep. move. Yeah, it's wild. I love it. It's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, the movie is the movie is really kicked off now. But so his friend is describing like the situation to him, like his his cookout buddy is <laughs> is explaining it to him. <laughs> this one part it's a little bit iffy too on the way that like trafficking works. Um they again, they try to use manipulation as best they can so like rather than like addicting these people like these women to drugs 
Like, I'm sh- they'd probably just rather sell them. Yeah, the drug part was was excessive, I think. But, like, I, I mean, in all fairness, too, I think they were trying to further a plot. And yeah, so I get why they did it. it. Like, if you're watching this for the first time or whatever, it's it's not unbelievable to think that, okay, yeah, you, you get them addicted to drugs. But the, the risk reward financially of, like, getting them addicted to drugs and, like, you know, that maybe the girl dying, <laughs> like, oh, just... I mean- yeah. I think they also kind of described that a little bit, right? Because it makes them complacent. They're just kind of like slugs just laying there after a little while. But it's also, it, it's incentive for them to stay because once they're hooked, they know where they can get their fixes. True. Yeah. So there's like a couple parts to that. And I think that they tried to say like, well, once they get you addicted to drugs, you want to stay so you can keep your drugs. But also you're less likely to fight back because you're literally just a drooling mess. Yeah. Some of that was tough to watch. Yes, a lot of that was tough yeah, to watch. Yeah, yeah, those parts were like, oh, jeez, it's like, um, but yeah, he shows up to the, he shows up, he gets in this apartment just as easily as those tra- those dudes did, um, but like, one thing the traffickers messed up on, it was like, you would have thought they would have taken the SD card out of the phone that you just talked to this guy to. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, let, let's 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 go back like thirty seconds though, right? Because she gets taken, and then. The mom is just like, get her back, get her back, Brian. And you're just like, oh, really? So now, forget now everything you're just I just like, said. Yeah, I, I literally said she couldn't go because this is gonna happen. And now you're just like, okay, now I have to go over there and get her. How about the one-liner from Liam Neeson though, when he's in the house and and he's like, do you have any enemies? And the husband's like, no, no, no. Why would I have any enemies? He's <laughs> like, your your bad business deal in 2009 or what? It's just like, oh, fuck yeah, let's go. Dude, but let's then he's go. Like, he's like, oh, I, you know, I have some resources of my own. Now is not the time for dick measuring, Stuart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it, 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 like when he said that, too, all I thought of, when he said that now is not the time for dick measuring line, all I thought of was Zeus from Wrath of the Titans just, like, yelling down at people. Like I was like, yes, let's go. That, for me, that's when it became real. I was like, yeah, okay. He just told them to fuck off and now he's gonna go do his uh his taken thing the movie the movie is officially a, th- from this point on yeah. you're not watching the sappy robot it is a man's movie from this point on yeah no i agree but you're right like a lot of stuff coming up is, is kind of hard to watch so like not like to, not to go in any particular order but when he's going through and he's you know seeing all the girls that are like just strung yeah. out and then like the torture scene and all that other stuff coming up you're like man some of this is a hard sit. Yeah, so, like, yeah, some of it, it's like, well, I'm, I'm going to get into something that's interesting a little bit later um, about this movie. But he finds the spotter. Immediately. He oh, finds yeah. Him and he <laughs> Fuck that the guy. shit out of him. He's like, <laughs> he pushes next him one, in the cab. The next, the next rib drives into your lungs. could you imagine like having that type of control over an ass whooping (laughs) like not only do i know that i have you beat but i'm gonna tell you how i'm gonna kill you like with his bare hands fuck out of here man Mm. yeah he's just causing this chaos at the airport but he's literally just like i do not care he's like i will chase this dude down like no matter how far i have to go but then Oh my god, this dude he gets smacked by that truck. Yeah, yeah. that was uh he gets obliterated. I was like, oh my god. It's another hard to watch that. moment. Like you didn't feel bad for him, but you're just like, ooh. <laughs> I remember <laughs> you know? watch 
I remember watching that being like, okay, well, Liam Neeson got the spotter, so now he's going to go through the spotter and infiltrate and everything. And then the kid dies, and it's just like, the fuck? Like, yeah. not only visually is it like, okay, that was weird. <laughs> but, like, mentally, you're just like, well, now I have no fucking clue how he's going to do this. Like, how? Yeah. Wh- where do you go from here? Your one lead is literally in a thousand pieces. Oh. <laughs> Oh my god! But it, you're right. You didn't feel bad. You didn't feel bad at all. You're just like yes. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, you're like, oh fuck. <laughs> Roadhouse. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he's kind of like he he does have that. He's like, oh shit. He's like, what do I do now? So he turns to that one dude that's in Paris at Jean Claude, where he he thinks he's his friend because he worked with him before. He's like he's like kind of playing the role. He's like, I can't really help you. You know, he's like, try not, try not to make a mess. Yeah, what a uh, dick, right? Yeah. Wait, but and right here is the point too, where I'm. This confused the shit out of me. He's got this like grade A military squad just fucking bringing singers to and from concert venues. Why not utilize them more? I mean, he util- he utilizes the one guy, but like, why not be like, hey guys, we're we're boys. We we have stakes every Sunday. Am I right? That's a good point. Like, why why not come help me find my daughter? Yeah, and and this is the other part of like the American cinema thing. Like every American dude is gonna be like, yeah, I'm gonna be one guy, and I'm gonna walk into that bar, I'm gonna beat the shit out of everyone, and my wife's coming out with me, right? <laughs> well, that dude did the same thing, but in Paris, <laughs> and and, yeah. and real realistically, he should have died probably six times throughout this movie, and they just like tied yeah. him up or just like let him be for a little bit, and then he found a way to get out of where he was. You know what I mean? It kind of reminds you of Transformers when the guy's like, one man betrayed by the country he loves. (laughs) (laughs) So he's like trying to figure out what to do now. And he's like, well, first off, I don't speak Albanian, so that's a problem. So he shows up to that site. He gets he gets some information um, that ends up leading him to that construction site. Um, That was one thing I was wondering. I'm like. These construction sites can't be a real thing, can they? You know, Man. right maybe. in front of everyone's face too. Like, yeah. But that was yeah. that was another layer to the onion, though, right? Because he didn't just get the information. Like he he swooned it out of a hooker, who like literally yep. didn't want to talk to him, and then found like every. You start to, like, after that scene with the hooker, you start, and I hate that I'm calling her a hooker, but it is what it is, people. She doesn't have um, a character name, so you're good. Yeah, he, he <laughs> like, every move he makes is super methodical, and I, I love those types of movies where it's, like, you're you're thinking with the movie, right? Like, the lead is gone to, to find these people. You know, he, he's not getting any help from anyone. You have, I think they, they gave a time limit, right? He's got 90 hours to find her or something yeah, like that? Yeah, 96 hours, yeah. So you're racing against the clock. Your daughter's fucking MIA. You don't know where she is. You can't track the SIM card. He's literally like you, you're trying to think ahead of the movie because it's kind of like a thriller. And he's he's thinking 18 steps ahead of whatever you ever could have thought of. Like, mm-hmm. like I, I remember watching this and being like, why are you talking to a fucking hooker right now? And immediately they just they go through the entire conversation and it's all planned. It's all pinpointed accurate. It, it, he's just he's 10 moves ahead of whatever you could be so yeah i love he knows he knows so well on what to do um this the the part of the construction site is where one of the parts i noticed that 
I've seen two different versions of this movie. So, like, when I saw it in theaters when it came out, I must, obviously, I must have saw it in its original format, like, like, we probably, like, we've probably already seen here. Um, but one thing I had, I had it on DVD, and I didn't realize that the DVD I have, it's, it's a censored rental version. <laughs> so, I've been watching that version for years now. And Wait, I always thought, I, I forgot, like, the movie version. And I, I was just relying on like this rent this this censored rental version I have on my shelf here. So there's a lot of violent parts that they cut out. Yeah. In this. And, and that's so, what I was gonna say. So I saw it in the theaters too, and then I was gonna watch it again, uh, like on demand through the TV. And I was like, well, no, because I know that they remove like fifteen, twenty minutes of good stuff out of this movie if I do it that way. So I. I rented it again. I've never heard, but he's got it on DVD and it's censored. I never heard of that. Yeah. That's wild. So, one of the so that there was part there was parts popping up and I was watching I was like when did this happen like I didn't know a girl got gunned down at the construction site yeah because they don't show that in the DVD version I have and I'm like oh, what when did that happen <laughs> so even now I was watching it I, there was surprises for me but when you're in the construction site too there's like this is kind of where the plot holes start to come in like because he he disarms the one guy when he finds the jacket. And it's like, okay, he disarms the guy and, and knocks him out. A, how does the, the bouncer at the front know where he is, like, immediately? Like, finds wh which one of these sex dungeons he's in. <laughs> and B, like, how does he even hear that something's going on? Because over the moaning and the drugs and everything. <laughs> like, the, the shriek this guy gave out wasn't that loud. I don't know. I, I think this is kind of the beginning of a few plot holes. And the plot holes that are there, like, they're not... They're not terrible because you still enjoy the movie. You kind of overlook some of the plot holes, but it's just like, I mean, it, it was clearly, we have Liam Neeson. Let's let him kick some fucking ass. Yeah. Um, but this is where he pulls another move that is like pretty much 18 steps ahead. He's like, hey, I don't know this girl, but she's got my daughter's jacket somehow. Let me take her back get her better and then see what she knows so she can help me uh, i'm like yeah but there's also that that second there where it's a blonde girl with that jacket on and you're like oh my god he already found her you know mm -hmm. and then and then you realize that it's not also too like i'm thinking these things out loud to myself if <clears throat> if you guys saw your daughter's jacket in the sex dungeon are you not looking in other like i guess there's stalls not to kind of be rude but like i guess yeah. there's stalls <laughs> are you looking in other like he only looked in like four or five stalls no because this like... is where he also found it <clears throat> isn't it no no that's later on yeah okay um but he brings her back he's getting he's getting this girl better um we see more of how jean-claude is a bad friend but I think right from the start, Brian knows that, like, because of Jean-Claude's hesitancy to help him, he's like, this dude's in on this somehow. He's like, he's he's got something going on here with these Albanians. Yeah, I mean, I so, didn't pick up on any of that while I was watching it until, obviously, you find out. Yeah, I remember watching it just being like, all right, the dude's got his hands tied. 
He clearly can't do anything. He's not going to do anything. I think it's the next encounter where you fully realize, like, man, this dude's fucking full of shit. Yeah. Well, one of the th- interesting things is how you know he's in on it is that so Jean-Claude gives him his business card. So when Brian goes to that to that house with the red door and meets and ends up meeting all those Albanians, he hands him his Jean-Claude's business card. Yeah. And like he's disguising himself as a police officer or a special special agent or whatever he is mm-hmm. to like cut a deal with these Albanians. Yeah, that was a five head scene, man. Those yeah. those the the writing for that scene was so good to show how like Brian was just like the perfect military man. He was a yep. great spy cuz I remember I had to rewatch that scene. I got confused. I'm a grown ass man. And there was so much, so many different angles going on in that scene. Yes. Fucking amazing that he just walked in there and did that. And (laughs) wipes them. The only thing I'm wondering, they didn't question. I was like, okay, why is this guy with an American accent working the French Secret Service? (laughs) 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 That was like. That's that's normal. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, they didn't raise an eyebrow for that. But no, but he gets in there and he gets in that room with those dudes and like he's he's just he's just working these guys. He's yeah, just, he, he fucked them up. Dude, he's laying dude, he's laying the like the verbal smackdown on him before the <laughs> before like the at the actual smackdown. <laughs> and he made money too. He walked yeah. out with a little cash. <laughs> <laughs> just like, hey, I'm gonna take your lunch money. But yeah, this is the part where like you see him like the way he's getting information from these guys. One thing you see, he's getting every single one of them to talk so he can match it up with the recording. Which is so badass. Once I found out what he was doing, he's like, Hey, can you say this word? I was just like, Oh shit. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> like before he left, he was like, I haven't heard this guy talk yet. What does this say? Oh man. And then he's like, Hey, remember me? We had a phone call two days ago. Oh, kiss like, my ass. No, the, the line is, I told you I'd find you. Oh, my God. And then he makes sure, like, he makes sure, like, he's the only guy that he doesn't kill. He yeah. not, he knocks him out. He kills everybody else. Now, this is, is this where they find Amanda? Yes. Yeah, okay. So I was yeah, a little she, early. She's yeah. gone. Yeah. yeah, she's fucking way dead. And what does he do? He leaves that bitch there to rot. He, he doesn't even think twice about maybe her parents back home want to know what happened to her. Maybe they want to bury her. Nah, <laughs> this hoe is staying right here doing hoe things. No, I mean, so <laughs> fucked up. Let's be real, though. Let's be real. So he just went in there and shot up the whole place, and it's all blown up, right? The, the cops are going to go in and clear out the scene. They're going to get the girl. They're going to send her home. So, I mean, like, yeah, if he just- stayed... And called it in, he would have to go with the body and, like, give his statement. So he's like, no, nah, I gotta leave. No, no, not stay with the body, but, like, take her with you. Take, the movie's still do? taken. It could have been Amanda taken. Yeah, could've but does, is home. he gonna carry around a dead body? <laughs> this whole time, he's just gonna, like, carry around a dead body and fight the Albanians? Well, you can hide her. Like, you don't know what the... The cops <laughs> are the, dirty. Take her to the morgue and then and then finish the rest of the <laughs> yeah, mission. Le- I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go put her in my hotel room and then fight the Albanians. Why not? He's got another her. fucking drugged-out hooker up there. <laughs> what, what's gonna happen if he walks out into the middle of the street with a dead body over his shoulder? You think that's not gonna draw any they attention? He just left 12 of them! <laughs> 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 what the fuck you mean? 
I don't know. I'm hey, listen, I'm, I'm very I'm very hashtag leave Amanda. I'm very hashtag <laughs> leave Amanda. <laughs> now that's, trend that's, dude, that's when I post the message of the movie when it's not the other smart, it's just ah just forget it. When I post a promo for this, I'm totally putting hashtag should have taken Amanda. (laughs) (laughs) Team taken Amanda. I didn't see the sequel, but I envision that's what the sequel is. It's just him dreaming about what he could have done to save Amanda. (laughs) The premise of the second one is even thinner than the premise for this one. Well, it's like John Wick, right? This is kind of like an earlier rough draft of John Wick. Is it not? I would say Jack Reacher. Okay, but what is Jack? Isn't Jack Reacher just stuntman porn? This is all the same thing. We're we're talking about hey, what vegetables do you like? Lettuce, tomato. You know, we're we're going. (laughs) They're all still vegetables. Yeah, they're all vegetables at the end. I don't know. (laughs) When when I saw Taken, I'm literally right around this part actually. When Amanda was dead, I'm thinking, like, I'm comparing it to John Wick, the rest of the movie. Mm. That that's that was just kind of. Maybe it's because it's more modern, but that in my head, I was just like, this reminds me of, okay, he found the dead dog. Now shit is about to kick up a notch. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but yeah, so Amanda's left behind. But, <laughs> but, then, <laughs> but then it leads to like the best interrogation like I've seen in the movie. Mm. Like, this is like. This the DVD version shows a lot less than what's here, um, but dude, this guy, you know, you do not feel bad for this guy just like being shocked in this chair. Like, dude, you got the warning. Yeah, you I mean, had, you had your out. Don't you feel like a a little concerned though? Watching, I I was anxiety driven because this guy seemed like he was ready to go down with the ship. And, and like Liam Neeson he had like this look, and maybe it's part of the the interrogation charade. But he had this look in his eye, like you know what, fuck him. <laughs> like just, he's like, I could leave this on all fucking day, and and whatever the power will go out in the city before you die. And, and I'm just like, oh my god, if someone said that to me, I'd be singing like a fucking canary, bro. Like, <laughs> oh my god, he knew he was dead anyway. He knew he was gonna die. Even if he sang like a canary, he was dead on that chair. Yeah, but the blind loyalty by this dude for like, for who? He, everyone was wiped, and you gave all your money to Liam Neeson. So there it's was, like, what? There was one interesting thing that Marco said that I hadn't picked up on. It was because I couldn't really understand him that well, you know, given sure. a guy that being being electrocuted. But one interesting thing that he says is when he's giving this information back to Brian, he's like. We don't keep we don't keep virgin virgins, so we sold her. Oh, I didn't even pick up on that. To yeah. be honest. So that's why they don't have her anymore. Yeah, and that's why, like during the whole process, like the auctions and all that stuff, they they label her as pure and all that stuff. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's... why. Oh, so fucking gross to think about. Yeah, but no, the grossest part is that like people just freaking bid on her like she's a cow at auction. Oh, that was another. Th- I'm like, dude. I'm like, are the sales really like this? I'm like, come on, man. I'm like, no. <laughs> no she way. just, she just all 17 years of her who's just standing there and she has no idea what the hell is going on. It's just like a room with a whole bunch yeah. of panes of glass. <sighs> the whole time, all she was thinking about was, I wonder what song U2 is playing right now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm missing it. <laughs> 
Um, but he he shows up to Jean Claude's house and he's like, "Dude, I know everything now." He's like, "You are the worst friend ever." Dude, this <laughs> is when he this is when he shoots uh, Jean Claude's wife right in the yep. arm. Oh, yep. fucking yeah. baller play, right? Yep. You, you, the guy's like, "Listen, man, I can I can hold a gun to you all I want, but I know as soon as I put this at your wife, you're gonna friggin' you're gonna melt." Shoots her right in the arm, and I was like, "Yes." Right in yes. front of the, the whole family, too. Like, yes. fuck all of you. Yeah. Hey, he even, didn't do it to the kid, though. No, even before he leaves, he's like, please apologize to your wife for me. He's <laughs> yeah, like, but he knows. The dude is like, such a scumbag. Yeah. <laughs> I, that that whole scene is just like... It, isn't it kind of like the inverse of like a villain? Like that That's the definition of gray, isn't it? Because like, what what do we see all the time with villains? Villains... They don't point the gun at the hero. They point it at who the hero loves. I guess, like, I think that's why it's so turn there. It's so badass that he he could have he could have been like super, give me everything or I'm taking everything. Instead, he's just like bangs her in the shoulder and goes, "Hey, I'm not afraid to do it. I'll fucking do it. Let's roll. She's gonna be okay, right?" Like you don't see that in movies anymore. You see, Mm -hmm. like, it's either I'm all she's dead. Or whatever, like it, I don't know. I, I thought that whole scene was so like beautifully written and and so well acted too. Like everyone in the room acted it out perfect. Like the shock on the wife's face, everything. It was yeah. fucking. And she wasn't like also too. Like I had the subtitles on. She wasn't happy with the husband. She knew the husband had done fucked up. Yeah. So she's like, screaming at him. The poor fucking guy was just trying to stay out of all this shit. Oh mm-hmm. man, that whole scene. If like. After the monologue, if you're like, man, it can only go downhill from here. This is like cinema gold. This whole scene, it, it's it's really it's biblical. Yeah, I feel I feel bad for the wife. Like the wife is just like, all I, all I did was ask if you wanted white or dark meat. Yeah. <laughs> at, at the same time, too, like the wife has no fucking idea what's going on. No, but but no. both of the other guys do. So the fact that she it, got dragged into it, you're just like, ah, that really sucks. But like, your husband's a real fucking scumbag. But like, to, also too, both the both the guys know that both that the guys know. know. Yeah. So like that that was it's, setting up for a real awkward conversational type yeah. acting scene, and like they they I, this is why I think the writing was so good. He's just like, no no no, we're cutting to the chase. Bang, bang, boom. Yeah. Give me what I need. I'm fucking out of here before you can hit some sort of red button and the SWAT shows up. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's wild because as soon as Liam Neeson goes into that house, you know he's going to fuck shit up. And as soon as he he sees Liam Neeson, he's like, oh, he knows. And then it's like, you're right. It's like 15 to 20 seconds of just like pleasant, uh, pleasant awkwardness. And then all of a sudden, like, shit gets fucked up. Oh, it's just, yeah. <laughs> That's like... I like I can't even think of a scene to compare it to in movies. It's just like so unique to to this. Yeah. So yeah. really well yeah. done. It's a Game of Thrones moment. Well, <laughs> now he's meeting another bad guy. So we got this dude Sinclair, another scumbag of the movie. Um, but he's he cuts into that party or whatever. He sees that sales going on. He finally sees Kim. And he's like, dude, buy her right now. <laughs> yeah, that part was pretty sick, too. Yeah. That that whole scene, though, was like... You you knew she was up next, right? Like, every you guys knew she was up next. Yeah. 
How much self-control did he show by not just breaking the glass down and shooting everyone? Like, I feel like as a dad, if I saw this, I'd lose it. Especially because I left Amanda behind. Like, I'd be... <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag leave Amanda behind. But, like, for real, like, I, I, I don't think... I don't think any of us are parents here. But could you yeah. imagine seeing your daughter, who you want, you threw your entire life away for to be with, is now about to be purchased? Like... The self-control to not kill anyone in that situation. Anyone? Dude was on a completely different level. Completely yeah, but let's let's think about level. it from from his knowledge and training aspect, right? So if he breaks the glass and gets into that room to try and rescue her, he knows that there's like 15 panes of glass that he can't see through. And it's like eeny, meeny, miny, mo, which one has the gun behind it, you know? So it's a calculated decision yeah. to not enter that room and start shooting. It, it's all just ha like he knows the process already, which is 100%. completely wild to me already because he's like, I told you, bitch, that this was going to happen <laughs> in the beginning yeah. of the movie. No, it it definitely speaks volumes to his character. Like even training and everything, he just suppresses all emotion. Yeah. And probably is why he's such a shit dad. Because like, <laughs> like, he suppresses all of his emotion. Dude, he bought her a fucking smoothie or something like that. She's 17 years old, rides ponies, and sings with karaoke machines. Like, you're going to buy her a smoothie <laughs> like she's four? Dude, it was anyway. a milkshake. It was a milkshake. And it brought zero boys <laughs> to the yard. Zero. <laughs> you no, know, it, it brought the freaking cab share to the yard. Yeah. Oh. Yuck. <laughs> but. Yeah, this is the one part where you start you worry about him a little bit. Dude is like, oh man, he's how's he gonna get out of this? Um, yeah. uh, but he does. <laughs> he does. You know, the, that little thing up on the ceiling just happens to be you know, be able to be wiggled out and just boom yeah. and, he, and he gets out of there. This this goes back to my like any other terrorist group anywhere would have just put a bullet in them as soon as they caught him. And, but they, instead they like tie him up in a rub and monologue to him. Well, they, they kind of had to, they explained why they didn't just put a bullet into him because they had people upstairs. Like they hear gunshots. Shit's going to go awry. Right. Mm -hmm. So they didn't want to do that. Which, which was like, it was kind of cover up writing. Cause you're right. Most people, you slit his throat. You do something to get rid of him immediately. And not like you're a around. terrorist. Are you, are you caring about the poetic end to this guy? <laughs> uh, I, yeah. But also how much realistically do we think Liam Neeson weighs? Realistically two ten. Like, yeah. Like two bills. Somewhere yeah. in that range. No shot. He breaks that fucking pole. No shot. That <laughs> thing. That it's thing all about could be momentum and inertia. Yeah, no shot. Unless those shoes weighed fucking 10,000 pounds, no shot. But, <laughs> but I mean, it's the John Wick effect too, right? Like, yeah, John Wick got shot 18 times or whatever. And, bulletproof and gets suit. Up and, yeah, bulletproof suit. It, it, it doesn't matter. It's fun to watch. It was so fun to watch him do that yeah. and then fight his way through it. Like, I'm actually... John Wick was in the same thing in the church. They put the bag over his head. His hands were bound, and he yeah. still found a way through it. So, like, <clears throat> it is what it is. Yeah. That scene was totally ridiculous, but it was yeah. it was fucking. It found a way it to was be cinema, badass. Man. It was cinematic. It, it yeah, found dude. a way. He gets out of there, and he just every bad guy in this movie just gets fried. Like he puts <laughs> like he puts like ten bullets in Sinclair in that elevator. Yeah, that dude got <laughs> wasted. And then that party's over. <laughs> uh, I just leaves him there too. Just yeah. left him there. Like, hey, 
It's like a dog when he takes a shit in your living room. Yeah. Um, Yeah, he gets out of there. But he's like, you see him chasing down this car, like the car that Kim is in. He's catching up with this car just by running. Like the the one that, like the car before it gets to the boat. I mean, eventually he sees the boat. Um, And then he finds his way to jump onto the moving boat. That I, I didn't understand how he had enough time. Like you said, he was running, catching up to the car, going one way. And then he, like, deviated, ran the other way to a parking lot to steal a car. And then still managed to keep up with the boat. I, I don't know. it. Again, far-fetched, but it worked. Yeah, it worked. It, yeah. It, it's Paris. Have you ever been there to see the streets, to, sit, to know the layout? Come on. True, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, but maybe the, the car ride should have been a little bit more than two rights and a left. <laughs> like... Because it felt like the the guy the bad guys got there in like ten seconds. Liam Neeson runs a, a, a two second forty time and is running around fucking Paris <laughs> and still managed to catch up and sneak up on him. He stuck up on him. It was crazy. Yeah, yeah. He he's got he gets on that boat though, and he's like just putting bullets in everybody. But see, like this is also like like this whole scene is just kind of like. Okay, so you're trying to tell me that this one dude can sneak onto a boat undetected, kind of, while he's just, like, killing everyone? Like, I don't know. It's just, like, parts of this, you're like, this is so unreal. (laughs) And, like, now he's meeting people that have machine guns and stuff, and he's just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I think... One thing I was saying, I was like, there's no way he's not getting hit by bullets on this boat. Yeah, Yeah, there's nowhere for him to go. Yeah, my thing. So I'm glad you mentioned that because there's one part where he looks through like one of the the peepholes in the, the door. Porthole, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and what? And the guy's already got his gun there, and bullseyes the fucking porthole doesn't hit Liam Neeson. I'm like, how how do you miss that shot? <laughs> I don't know. That was wild. And that that whole. I think the first two kills there were pretty realistic. Maybe you sneak up on the guy on the roof, and then maybe you get past the guy in the stairs. But by that time, they, they were on to him when he got down to the lower quarters. Like, I just don't understand, to John's point, he didn't get hit once. Yeah, and once. even then, he's, he's coming down the hallway of the ship people are shooting. And, like, <laughs> you look at the hallway, it's barely shoulder width. Yeah, I, don't, <laughs> I didn't understand that. So, but I don't know. He, like, fights this guy from, this like, the sales room or whatever that's, like, pretty much, like, the final boss. You know, he has a hard time with him, but takes him down. And then this is, like, the way he kills this last guy is, like, I think it speaks, like, what his message has been as a character, like, the whole entire movie, just wasting no time. He doesn't even let this dude, like, this guy finish talking. Just boom. Yeah. Give me my daughter. Forehead. (laughs) He's like, we can go. (laughs) (laughs) When you were watching that scene, did you you guys think for a second that he wasn't going to pull the trigger? No, I knew he was going to pull the trigger the whole time. Oh, I, he was not going to hesitate. The problem is, the problem for me, like, I was like, I kind of want to hear what this guy has to say. <laughs> like, like, what's this yeah, guy yeah, going to yeah. negotiate with? <laughs> I was waiting for this guy to talk, and while he was talking, Liam Neeson was going to, like, either pretend to put the gun down or put the gun down and then reach for, like, a knife in his, like, shoe or whatever. Do something kind of crazy, but to John's point, spoke 
perfectly to his character. Yeah, the forehead like, pop was I know, I know I'm going to hit this, and I know you're distracted because you're trying to give me a villain's monologue. <laughs> Bang, wank, waste him. Yeah. I, I thought that was dope as fuck. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then now all of a sudden the daughter is free, right, John? The daughter's free, and she hugs her dad. I love you, dad. Where the fuck is Amanda? <laughs> Where is Amanda? No one gives a shit. She already knew Amanda was dead. How did she know? Like, uh, where is Amanda? Why does she? It's her best friend. You don't even ask. Hey, that and then they get. <laughs> we're we're going to keep cutting ahead for a second. Not too far. But then they get home. Mommy and, and step Where's Amanda? Where is she? Like, where is the, no one gave a shit? And Why they are you still hung up on Amanda, bro. This was in my head the whole time because Katie <laughs> Cassidy just started Arrow. Arrow was like a big thing right now. Katie Cassidy is not a small time actress anymore. She's all she's probably C or B tier. You hire Katie Cassidy to do nothing. She could have just been a fucking. She could have been anyone. You wasted money on Katie Cassidy. I don't know. Oh. I don't know about wasting money. She's thirty six or something when she did that, or what? No, what was she? She was like mid thirties when she. She's thirty four now. No, she she was older than nineteen or whatever. That you could have hired any Joe Schmo nineteen year old. No, dude, she, Kim, was, she was twenty. She was twenty twenty one when she did this movie. Kim was twenty five. Right, You're right. I didn't even know who she really was, but yeah, I mean, you, you know those shows shows better than I do, George. So like, I didn't even know that that she was like, just had yeah. like this minuscule role in in like this movie. Yeah, Katie Cassidy's the lead in Arrow. Oh, I didn't, <laughs> well, I didn't know female, that. Yeah. Yeah. She she was she's in a few Arrow. other smaller movies, but like, she dude, dude, she's like they wasted her. That's why I'm watching this. I'm like, okay. Uh, Amanda's oh, gonna okay. come back somehow. Maybe Amanda's involved. I don't no, know. No, dude, they showed you with the track marks and the deadness that she wasn't coming back. <laughs> well, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I once you find out she's dead, then it's like, does anyone give a shit? No. <laughs> the answer's no. Amit, she dead. She dead. And no one even cares to ask the question. And I was I don't know. It stuck with me. Like literally, you cared enough for her to watch your daughter in Paris alone. But you didn't care enough to see if she was dead. Okay, got it. That's on. <laughs> that's on me. I don't know. I'm I'm done with the Amanda. I needed to get that off my chest. I've been waiting for a week to say this. Wow. <laughs> like she maybe like like Brian like could have just lied to her. Oh yeah, she's with uh, she's with you too. She's backstage with them. <laughs> yeah, she's with. Bono. She's singing Vertigo <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello, hola. Yeah. <laughs> Bitches dead. But, yeah, but <laughs> now now she's getting the singing lessons and yeah and all that. But how cheap did that feel, by the way? That ending. Yeah, uh, just her getting the singing lessons. I mean, I get why, but like I, I'm pointing back to my original comments where like it doesn't feel like she cares about her dad. Now she gets fucking singing lessons mm. from like Selena Gomez or Taylor Swift type singer. Yeah, yeah. Just ah, oh, felt weak. <laughs> let felt let me weak. let me let me bring this up too, right? So say she never goes to Paris, or say her trip to Paris goes just fine. What does their relationship look like? Well, probably the same as it was, right? 
it might have been on the men. The the talk they had in the car ride over yeah. leads you, leads you to believe that right. now Brian knows he's got to do some work. But like now, think about this: all the divorced parents in the world. Is it take every divorced dad that level <laughs> to get back in their daughter's life? You know, it's not that he wasn't in though, right? Like, I mean, he was he was she in. Didn't give a shit. She didn't give a shit about him until she <laughs> he saved her life. Well, in all fairness, man, a karaoke machine at seventeen, like. He doesn't what? have money. That's why he couldn't pay the ransom. <laughs> well, what did he spend it on? Um, I don't know. That's I don't know. <laughs> Taken four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Brian's <laughs> bank account. <laughs> no, I mean, but yeah, I mean, still overall, just like what a. I I love this movie. I still love this. It's just such an enjoyable action movie for me. Hey, can we borrow something from our podcast? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. does it hold up? Does the movie hold up today? Does the movie what hold up What do you think, today? John? And, and he... Bison can't get... George cannot give me this answer because he's his first time. Yeah. Does it hold up today? Um, all right. If everything in Liam Neeson's filmography like stayed the same, like as it is right now, just not having taken until now... Um, I would say no. Mm. I don't think it would. Well, because because if Taken didn't happen, I feel like all these other movies that came after it, they never would have happened. And I mean, even though we still have Taken today, like these other movies that Liam Neeson's done and action-wise have not really been looked at really. Mm, so I feel true. like if you put if you put Taken after all those movies, I feel like that takes away from the movie a lot, even with like the monologue and all that. Yeah, like, if that movie happened today, we already know he's a badass, right? So like you already know the the tone of this movie before it comes in. I didn't think of it that way. That's interesting. I mean, I think as a movie, the quality of this movie is just as good as it was back then. Hits me in the same way. All the lines are just as good. It's as good as I remembered it being. So, like as a movie, yeah, it sticks. But like, if you look at it chronologically, it, uh, like the as his filmography is, you're right. This movie is very out of place. Yeah, it's. It, I bet you it doesn't make as much money. I bet two hundred uh, something million. It I bet you it doesn't make any. Yeah, it made like I don't think, uh, it wouldn't get. It wouldn't get the sequels. <laughs> no, De- oh, definitely, definitely not. not. But it. It made it. It made almost ten times its production budget and revenue. Yeah, there's no shot it does that today. Right. I mean, you got to think too. I, I guess if we're talking about today, Iron Man, the first Iron Man came out one month after this or one month before this, in two thousand eight. So <laughs> it, it's ironic because I feel like it's those movies that would have killed this movie. There's no shot Liam Neeson's action adventure movie takes any sort of precedence over. I can go see any superhero movie right now and probably get similar feels. I just wouldn't get a monologue scene like that. Yeah, yeah you wouldn't get the hardcore acting. Right. I mean, but you still, I mean, I guess it's something to think about. Yeah, the movies are getting bigger. Yeah. The, the, you, don't, these, you don't see $25 million budgets anymore. No, and the inflation isn't that much different. It's, what is it? Three. Per, yeah, so it'd be like a, a $40 million movie today. That's not going to do well. So great. That's hey. yeah. No, I mean i I still enjoy this movie, but um, 
that was a lot of fun talking about it though yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's good a good movie you know, yeah i i like talking about this so much uh with you guys you know i feel like down the line we got to do taken two and three. Oh, i was just, I was just <laughs> gonna gotta, say though yeah. i was just gonna say so i watched taken one and then taken two came out i was like pumped hyped and then you watch taken two and it's the same exact premise except for his daughter and his ex-wife get yeah. taken Oh, well, spoiler alert. Fuck. <laughs> I mean, that happens in the first five minutes of the movie, though. <laughs> no, it's all good. I, I knew the wife got taken in one of them. I just didn't know which one. But And then I had no desire to watch the third one, I'll be honest. Uh, yeah, I got problems with that one. <laughs> I got, yeah. I got rights with that. I'd be down to redo this for Taken 2. This was fun. And uh, Honestly, yeah, I you, you picked a great movie because I, I, it was one of those movies I always see, but I never just get around to watching it. And I feel like it's because I, I felt like I knew what had happened. So I'm so happy I saw it and realized I didn't know shit. <laughs> it was like John Wick. And you know what? I hate to keep bringing it back. But, like, everyone told me about how great John Wick was of, like, oh, it's just stuntman porn. And I finally watched John Wick, and I can't stop watching all three of them. Yeah, the, the, that John Wick, the first one is definitely the best one, right? And then the second and the third one are just, like, oh, yeah, dude, that was know. that was a good accessory. I think it depends on your mood because the third one I could watch Parabellum I could watch on fucking repeat. Dude, dude. Halle Berry, Halle Berry is but, a, is an angel in that movie. I mean, we we should probably save this franchise for another time because <laughs> now uh, we 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 can talk for another two hours about yeah. John Wick. But I mean, Taken, great movie. I think it holds up, but filmography wise, I don't think it really does. I think you're right. Yeah, that was um, a that, that was a really interesting perspective. And I then like when you, when you look yeah. at it, let's let's take it back real quick too. When you watch the trailer, right, and then you watch the monologue in the movie, the trailer monologue hits so much harder because it's like the scenes where they're showing the guy grab the ankles and pull it out from underneath the bed and all that stuff. But then you see the monologue and you're like, damn, that thing still hits hard, knowing that it's just a guy talking to a guy over a phone. He doesn't even know if the guy's on the other side of it. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. I mean, the 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 whole thing about Taken to like well Taken as well is like uh <laughs> like you that trailer is the reason I didn't see it is because I felt like I knew what was going to happen. Little so, did you know. Little, yeah. So like it's give and take with that trailer because I that's probably one of the reasons I didn't see it. And I'm so glad we did this because now I sat down and I realized like Liam Neeson acted. It wasn't it wasn't punchy punchy whatever. Yep. It was acting, and it was mm-hmm. really really fun to watch. Like it was, it wasn't just the the mystery of is he gonna save her in time or you know how many bad guys is he gonna pile up. It, it was a lot of like the deception, the the being ten steps ahead. It was oh man, great fucking pick. <laughs> One, so yeah, happy we did this. The last thing, the last thing I'll say here is the, the body count for hit for for him in this movie, he kills thirty one people. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's oh wild. Yeah. I oh I wish we did an over under there because you know what I don't think I would have put it at thirty one but I, oh my god I think I would have put it yeah. higher to be honest. I just feel like the entire time he's just like running through people. Yeah, I I felt like I had to look it up. I was like, this feels like a lot of people. Yeah, but <laughs> is that the edited version or the unedited version? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think this is the 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 film version. Yeah, the one the one I saw the first time and forgot about. But <laughs> that's fucking wild. Oh my god. Yeah, but 
No, oh, man, that was a lot of fun. This is probably my favorite episode so far. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, thanks yeah. for having me, John. Yeah, this was fun. Yeah, be sure to check out, you know, uh, George and Mike over um, over on their channel, um, over on George's Twitch channel, too. The links in for that are in, are in the description below. But, yeah, yeah, thanks for tuning in with us. And awesome. And see you guys for the next episode. All right, take it easy. Bye.